You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, let's get started this evening. Um, I will say that if you have your Bible, good for you because we're going to be in it. Uh, We're not going to be in a lot of places. We're going to be in two places. We're going to be in uh, Hebrews 11, if you want to get there, and then just mark Ephesians 2. Um, Hebrews 11, we're going to read all of it. Um, Because tonight we are talking about the gift of faith. And this is a really cool one. This is an exciting one. Um, I'm not going to go as in-depth with this one because we do have a Wednesday night series from just a couple months back, where we talked about faith for half a year every Wednesday. So if you really want an in-depth, in-depth, in-depth study on faith, go back and listen to those. We're going to talk about faith as it um, uh, revolves around the spiritual giftings, specifically tonight. But there is a lot about faith. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's a common it's a household name within Christianity. It's something that we all say, and we use this word often, and so it's been kind of desensitized, and so we don't think there's a lot within faith to understand, but when you start down that rabbit hole of, of uh, studying faith, you will find uh, profound things held within faith. And so I would just encourage you all, if you want a more in-depth study, go look at those studies that are online. They're on Spotify, Sound, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, or Apple Music, whatever it's called. Um, So you can check all that out. But anyways, just getting started with tonight, just some review. This is, again, I said I was going to say this every single time, and I'm going to hold true to that. Uh, A fact about all the gifts of the Spirit. Um, First is the Holy Spirit is the source. It is absolutely impossible to operate in these giftings without the Holy Spirit. They are called the gifts of the Spirit. You can't operate in them if you do not operate within the Spirit of God. If you hear anyone that is operating in a spiritual gifting but does not operate and walk with the Holy Spirit, they are a false prophet because it is impossible to do it without the Holy Spirit. And He is the seal of authenticity and authority. What that means is that the display of the gifts will always look like the heart of the Father. They will never look out of character. And one of the things that we see, unfortunately, in the world that we live in today, this consumer culture that has consumed uh, so much of Christianity, but the gifts are not meant to elevate any one person. And so if you see them elevating a singular person, you can guarantee that the Holy Spirit is not operating in those things. Because they are only meant to elevate the body of Christ as a whole. That doesn't mean that it's not one-on-one interactions. That doesn't mean that a person that is called a prophet is known as a prophet and they prophesy. That's not what it's talking about. But it's when these people, uh, when, when they use the giftings to benefit themselves instead of benefit the body of Christ. It's only individual benefit, not the body of Christ that is benefiting. That's when you know it is not of the Spirit. And last week, we looked at the gift of wisdom. A profound and amazing gifting uh, that is very much um, 
just underdeveloped within, Christ, uh, within the Christian culture. Um, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge, the gift of knowledge and knowledge from the Lord for the correct purpose. Uh, it is the first gift that is listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Another gift that we have discussed, uh, the word of knowledge. This is what we started, kicked off this series with, was discussing the word of knowledge. And the gift of the word of knowledge, it is supernatural insight into a situation, a person's story, the church as a whole, or anything like that. But the gift of the word of knowledge is a, it's, it's like the Lord put a situation under a microscope. And he allowed you to see something that otherwise you could have never seen. You could have never discovered on your own. And it is for the benefit of the body. And then the gift of wisdom comes in because wisdom uses knowledge and ensures that knowledge is, is used for its intended purpose. So wisdom is what allows the arrow to hit the mark. Does that make sense? That is all, if you just want to talk generally, not spiritually, but generally, wisdom is the application of knowledge. Okay, that's all it is. And so it operates the same uh, within that understanding as, as far as the gift of the Spirit and a gift of the Word of Knowledge and then the gift of wisdom. It will be the, uh, the application uh, of that, that gift of the Word of Knowledge. And this will always ensure the furtherance of God's kingdom. That is why wisdom exists. It is to ensure the furtherance of God's kingdom and his people. All God's children are meant to ask for wisdom, as we read about in James, and not worldly wisdom, but heavenly wisdom. A great definition of this is the gift of the word of wisdom transcends any human genius or insight. It is a supernatural gift of God that only the Holy Spirit can impart. And this is, this is important, uh, especially the asking. We, we uh, just presented this question last week. Of, uh, in James, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Right, And there's more within that. Let him ask without a, doubt, a doubting mind, for the one that asks with a doubting mind should not expect to receive anything. But if you ask the Lord, believing that he'll deliver this wisdom, he, he promises, the, uh, he promises to, to give it to you. But what we oftentimes do is we ask, and we do this with so many things. We ask the Lord for something. We ask the Lord for wisdom. We ask the Lord for provision. But then after we ask him, we never give him the opportunity to answer the prayer and to, to answer the request that we've just made. We immediately start working it out on our own to try to make it happen. So it, it's the same with wisdom. Lord, grant me supernatural heavenly wisdom. And then I immediately begin to use the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is only it's tied solely and completely to the past. Wisdom of the world is based around past experiences. I am, what, what is it to be wise beyond your years? It's to have an understanding about things without having the experience of your, in your own life of those things, right? We, we've, we've encountered those people. It's just like you understand things that at your age that there's no way you could have experienced yet, right? We say that's wise beyond their years. Uh, but that is worldly wisdom. And so what we end up doing, we ask the Lord for wisdom, and then we never give him the opportunity to, to deliver on that request, and we immediately look to the past for guidance about tomorrow. But wisdom from the Lord, 
supersedes all of these things. It, it is above and beyond any experience, any encounter uh, within the world. It transcends, I love that word, but it transcends genius or insight. Um, this wisdom, it allows us to build up and lead the church. Uh, to lead in directions that we would not have been able to see or understand. One of the things uh, that is just a recent example right now is the, the advancements that we've made to the sanctuary. Uh, the worldly wisdom would not say that that is a wise thing to do right now. Uh, but we, we did all of this stuff in obedience to the Lord that's that was showing us and revealing to us things that we needed to go ahead and, and take stabs at because this was going to progress the church to a place that he needed the church to be at for him to continue doing what he was going to do. And so we start doing all this stuff. We start advancing all these things. And then all of a sudden out of the woodwork come all these people that want to start playing on the worship team. Me and Jay had prayed, Jay prayed longer because he was here before I was, but we've prayed for eight years for a full worship team. Eight years for a full worship team of people anointed with the Spirit that just want to serve the Lord and want to praise Him and want to lead His people in worship. And like overnight, He delivered that. But if we didn't make any of these changes, none of that would have been possible. None of that would have been possible. And for so long, it was just Jay and I. We talked about this. It would be, we had a three-piece band. Johnny, Jay, and me. For years. Years. But then the Lord started bringing these people, but before he would bring the rest, he needed us to do these things. That was spiritual wisdom because it transcended anything that we could have predicted or seen ourselves. And it makes sense. I don't know why we're doing this. It's fun. We love doing this. It's going to benefit me, but I don't know why we're doing it. But he said to do it. So we did it. And boom. All these people show up. Okay, so this is, this is uh, heavenly wisdom. It, it not only builds up and, and uh, elevates the church, but it does that same thing to the communities that the church is within. Because the Lord, if there is a church here, and there is a church in Sundown, Texas, then this community is meant to be the first people to experience the overflow out of this house. This community is a part of this house. They don't have to gather in here on a Sunday or a Wednesday to be a part of this house because the Lord planted us here for them. He didn't bring them here for us. You hear what I'm saying? He, he planted this house for them. We are here for them. And so the wisdom that we seek from the Lord is not meant to just benefit this house. It is meant to benefit the entirety of this community. And earthly wisdom can't do that with a singular action. Can't do that with an what would seem unrelated action. Only the Lord can do that. And heavenly wisdom is meant to benefit all those around it. Wisdom is to be one of the identifying markers of the believer. This gift, it operates in humility, discernment, and trust. If you cannot, if you see somebody that is claiming to be operating in wisdom, but you don't see humility, discernment, and trust, they're not operating in it. And that's, I'm not talking about trust between one another. I'm talking about trust with, between the Holy Spirit. Trust requires relationship. This gift requires, the gift of wisdom requires deep relationship because it requires deep trust. 
uh, a quote from Don Stewart, a theologian that uh, just had a lot of great information on the gift of wisdom. But he says, the Bible says that wisdom can be exercised through persecution, defending the faith, problem solving, dealing with unbelievers, everyday living, interpreting God's truth, and imparting God's truth. How can we do that without trust? Think about it when Peter and John, after they healed the lame man at the gate and they're brought before the council of Pharisees and that the Pharisees are just looking for an opportunity to destroy them. They want to kill these men, but they need justification because right now the entire community is like in love with these people. So if they do that, they know they're going to be dead quickly after. So they're trying to figure this out so that they look good doing it. And Peter and John are just simple men. They were simple men when Jesus found them. They're still simple men. But now they have the Holy Spirit and they trust the Lord to give them the words to say. And that's exactly what he does. And it says that they let them go because they recognize that these are ordinary men. There's no way that they could have done this absent Jesus. They recognized immediately who they belonged to. And they recognized they had no charge to bring against them. So they let them go. The, the wisdom of the Lord that came in a moment where their life was literally in the balance came and it totally changed the situation. It required deep, deep, deep trust. Stephen uh, called to, to, to uh, speak to this crowd and to call them out, to call them into repentance. Um, even in the moment where they turn on him and they're stoning him, because of the wisdom that he displayed, the things that he spoke that he could not have known without the Holy Spirit, because of that... He's still in this moment, he's being stoned to death and he's looking to heaven with a smile upon his face because he knows he's going to be with Jesus. It, it is that level of trust that is required to operate in this gifting correctly. That if it leads me to my death, praise God. Because I trust him, I know him, and I know that if he is leading me to my death, it is the best way to advance the kingdom of heaven right now. Right, I love this, uh, this story. It's, it's a profound and amazing story. But John Mark McMillan, I don't know if you know him. He's awesome uh, Christian artist, writer, but he's not someone you're going to hear on the mainstream media. But you have heard one of his songs, How He Loves Us. He wrote that song. Um, and he wrote that song in the grieving process of losing one of his friends. And that song came out the, the grieving process that brought this song about, they were at a prayer meeting at their church. And the man prayed, his friend prayed, Lord, if my death would bring you more glory than my life, take me now. And he died in a car accident on the way home from that prayer meeting. This is a true story. And in the grieving, John Mark says that he was on his porch just, just weeping because his, his friend was gone. And this song came out. And this song, you could literally take this song anywhere in the world and they'll know the words. That's the trust that is required for wisdom. That if my death would bring you glory, let it be. Because I trust you, I trust your heart, and I trust that you are for me and not against me. And when we operate in that sense, we see world transformation as, as that testimony of that song has seen. Because that, that song has reached more people in more countries and more uh, 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 
lost and saved and all, all these different people in different circumstances and scenarios uh, than any of us ever could have. Uh, the Lord did a profound thing with that and honored that man's prayer, but that is the level of trust. And that is a level of trust that we, we think this requires a great and uh, mighty work of God to trust in that. No, it just requires you spend some time with him. Just spend time with him. It's so easy to trust him once you know him. It's so easy to be at that level of trust once you know his heart for you. And he will not hide his heart from you. What does he say? Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. That's how easy, how easy he is to access. All you've got to do is start seeking and you'll find him. All you've got to do is start knocking and he'll answer. That's how good it is and, and that's how easy it is to have a relationship with him. Today, we are talking about again, as you can see, we are talking about the gift of faith. This is the third gift that is listed in 1 Corinthians 12. But it has an entire chapter dedicated to it in Hebrews. And so we're going to read that because it's just going to lay a lot of this stuff out. It's wonderful. Um, it's, gonna, it's kind of repetitive, but it's important. Uh, the repetition, we'll talk about that here in just a second when we finish it. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commanded as righteousness or commended as righteousness. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith Though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet seen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he con uh, condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him for the same promise, of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that, was, that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which, from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. 
But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Just a quick about that. Their faith was what was allowing them to continue to see forward instead of turning back to return. Right? We do this all the time, right? The second the Lord's calling us out and we start stepping out, it gets a little bit uncomfortable. What do we do? We return to the familiar things. Even though it's bondage, slavery, and death, we return to the familiar things. Right? And that's what he's saying. Because of their faith, they did not return to that which was familiar, but they continued to pursue the promise that the Lord had made them. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All of this testimony, faith is given the credit for their actions. Every single time it's by faith they did this. By faith they did this. By faith they operated in obedience. You cannot operate in obedience to God if you do not have faith. You must have faith. Faith is given the credit for the action. Uh, Verse 6, again, was without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It is impossible to please him, to please God without faith. Impossible to know him without faith. Ephesians Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Faith is a gift that exists in the midst of encounter with Him. So like knowledge and wisdom, faith requires relationship and increases through encounter. Um, You can't muster up faith. This is a a popular phrase in difficult times. What do people say when when you're backed against the wall and you've got a lot of difficult circumstances ahead of you? What do they say? Just got to have faith. That's not how that works. That's like going to buy a new car with no money in your bank account. And just going up to the dealer, I just got to have money. Just handing him a check. I'm just going to have money. It's, it'll show up. I'll write you the check and money will just appear. That's not how that works. If you don't do the work, if you don't go to work every day, make the effort to earn that money, you're not going to have the money for that purchase. It's the same with faith. You cannot hope to come to a circumstance that requires great faith and just have great faith. If you don't have a deep relationship with God, you don't have great faith. If you don't have a relationship with God at all, you don't have faith. We have a gift of faith that comes from the moment of encounter at the moment of salvation. He gives it to us as he gives us the gift of all things. In that moment of salvation, when he when, when you believe on him as Lord and Savior, that he died for your sins, uh, that you would not... Uh, be counted guilty, but that you could be counted righteousness because of the blood of Jesus. When we come to that moment of salvation, we say yes to him. One, it is by his encounter that he presents this to us, right? I, I've called this, I taught a lot about this. I taught about it in, in, when I was a youth pastor. I call this abiding faith. 
It is the first glimpse of faith that exists at the very moment of salvation. It's a simple definition, but it's the simple belief that is found at every moment of salvation, believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that He's for you, not against you, all the good things that come with Jesus. At that moment of salvation, every one of us believes this simple truth. We don't have to know any more than this for salvation, that God is good and He loves me. Period. That's it. That is the root belief at salvation. He's good and He loves me. That's abiding faith. That's that gift of faith that comes in that very moment. But it came in a moment of encounter and we stop. So many of us stop after salvation. We go to the Christian camp. We have the salvation. We have the night where we cry. We put our name on the card. And then our relationship with Jesus is over. That's the end of it. We think, all right, I've got my ticket into heaven. Like now I just live my life. I've done the hard stuff and that's it. So your faith will not grow because it cannot grow without encounter. And you will not have encounter without relationship. And we, we talk about this, and I, I, I mention this a lot in church uh, on Sunday mornings, but I can't be the one that has a relationship with Jesus for you. You don't get to leech off my relationship. Just because I bring a word out of my time with Jesus doesn't mean that that counts as you spending time with Jesus. That ain't it. That's not, that's not the purpose. You, we, we as Christians, though, we leech off of our pastors and our leadership's relationship with Jesus to avoid ourselves having one. And when you do that, you are not increasing your faith because it's not you that's having the encounter. You're having secondhand encounters. Faith only grows through encounter. How do you have encounter? Have relationship. I encounter my wife all the time, right now, in front of me. This is an encounter. We have relationship. We talk. We discuss things. I know her better than anybody else. And she knows me better than anybody else because of relationship. But because of that, I know her heart and she knows mine. I have faith that she's for me, not against me. And vice versa. That only comes because of relationship and encounter. How can we expect, if that's how it exists on earth with earthly relationships, why would we expect it any different. The Lord created relationships to be this way. And it's meant to start with Him. That we spend time with Him. We know His nature. We learn about who He is. He is a friend. He's meant to be a best friend, a father, a brother. Um, all these wonderful things. And when we have that relationship, we have encounter. And then when we have encounter, faith grows. So that when a moment of great faith is necessary you have the adequate amount in the account to step into that situation, step into that circumstance that requires great faith. Faith is a fruit of relationship. And the, this gift is really cool. I get really excited talking about this. It's really cool and really unique because faith is a gifting that we can all grow in. There, there are some that might not receive that their gifting just may not be heavy amounts of gifts of the word of knowledge. I, I believe everybody can have the opportunity and the Spirit will use the giftings through anyone and everybody willing. But there are plenty. There are plenty that will not lay hands in, and heal people. The Lord won't ask them to do that. But every one of us Every single one of us 
can ha- has the gift of faith and can have a profound amount. Because it is not dependent on anything but us having relationship with Jesus. We can all have it. We all have access to it because, again, it is directly related to relationship. The other giftings that we talked about are operated in correctly because of relationship. I know his nature. I know his heart. I know who he is. Uh, I know his heart and his nature towards his people. And because I know those things, I know how this gift is going to be administered, how he's going to present it. But the gift of faith, the second you know those things about his heart, your, your gifting of faith has increased. Every one of us has access. Every one of us can have an increase uh, of faith and the gift of faith. Faith increasing will also feed your other giftings. Uh, faith is also measurable as it reflects relationship. Uh, like I just said a little bit earlier, uh, you, you, you can have a pretty good understanding of where you're at with the Lord based on how you respond to situations that require faith. If I tend to backpedal and turn back to what's familiar and comfortable, even though I know it's not good for me, but I tend to turn to those things, I know where I'm at with the Lord. I know that, okay, that, that was the limit of faith that I had because I turned. I didn't have the faith to see me through it. I know now where I'm at with Jesus. Faith is lit, it's, it's measurable. I want to be careful. I'll only say that in here, and if you're listening online, take this slow, right? That measurable does not mean comparison, right? You can't compare your faith to my faith because my relationship is not your relationship, and it will never be, and it's not meant to be. This finger and this finger are not the same. They've got the same name. They're on different hands. I'm a lefty, so this one can do a little bit more cool stuff than this one. Right? That's just the way it is. It's different. Right? So if even our physical bodies, the individual members of them are not the same, how can we and our relationship with Jesus have the exact same relationship? It's just not going to happen. It's going to be unique. It's going to be completely unique to you. Uh, but faith, again, it is, it is measurable. Not comparable. It is not meant to be comparison, but it is measurable as it reflects relationship. So as a situation arises that requires faith, You can see quickly if you have the faith to move through it with him or you turn inward and to the world for a solution. Faith, so tied to relationship, and it holds the keys to profound manifestations of his Holy Spirit. If we want to see breakthrough in Sundown, Texas, we must first be a people of great faith. Because breakthrough, to have breakthrough is what, what is breakthrough? What does that word mean? Literally, to break through. What are you breaking through? What requires you to break through? Normally, solid objects, right? Walls, doors that don't open any longer if you've got to break through them, right? So to see breakthrough, you have to have the faith to know, well, I'm running at this wall and I'm going to go through it because the Lord has called me into it. So if we want breakthrough in our community, great faith is required because what the Lord's going to ask you to do is run through that wall head first. But if you don't have the faith, what are you going to start doing when you get closer to that wall? You're going to start pulling up. You're going to get hurt because the Lord said to run through it. If we want to see great breakthrough, 
in sundown Texas, we must first have great faith. And if we have great faith, then the Lord and the Holy Spirit can release great uh, manifestations of the other giftings of the Holy Spirit. But faith must be found first. If there is not great faith, there will not be great wisdom. If there is not great faith, there will not be words of knowledge. If there is not faith, there will not be miracles. If there is not faith, there will not be healing. If there is not faith, there will not be prophecy. Everything is tied to relationship and faith is a measure of relationship. And if there's not great faith, there will not be a great releasing of the other gifts. Faith is everything. Faith is everything. It is impossible. This is the only thing that, in Scripture where it says it's impossible to please Him without it. You cannot please God without it because without faith, you can't even believe in God. You can't even approach Him without faith. Faith is everything. It is the fuel to your relationship. And it is the fuel to the Holy Spirit releasing and manifesting great and profound things. We must have great faith. Um, Like I said earlier, there's a lot more to be talked about within faith and the different uh, stages of faith that we see throughout the different stages of relationship that we have to the Lord. And I've got all those are recorded. They're on our website. They're on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you want to go. You can find that series. on faith. Uh, I encourage you to listen to it, but of everything that we talked about, I hope that we can leave with this understanding that faith is tied to relationship and that if we want to see breakthrough again in Sundown, Texas, we must first be a people of great faith because great faith, a fruit of great faith is breakthrough. A fruit of great faith is manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That is evidence of great faith. What what does James say? I will show you my faith by my works. And you will know my faith by my works. You will see what I do with my life and you will know the faith that I have and who I belong to. Faith fuels obedience fuels the workings of the Holy Spirit. Without it, we cannot move into it. Without it, we cannot please Him. Great faith. If there's any one of these giftings to put your focus in, that's the one. Because what it does is it'll lead you into relationship, and if it leads you into relationship, the rest of it is just going to work itself out. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.